Welcome, everyone, to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting-edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at Mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome everyone, Dr. Mercola, helping you take control of your health. And we are joined by a repeat guest. I believe this is his third visit. Uh, Dr. Francis Boyle is a full professor of law at the University of Illinois, my alma mater. And um, he was with us in the past to really, I believe in February of 2020, right as the epidemic was progressing. And he was is helping us understand early on that this was a lab leak. Uh, we didn't know and still don't to this day if it was an intentional lab leak for the SARS-CoV-2, but it was a lab leak. And anyone who spread that message was vilified, discredited, and many, many were deplatformed. Their YouTube channels were taken away as their Twitter and Facebook um, accounts. So now, of course, we know that that information was true and is accepted by widely by the, even the mainstream narrative, the mainstream media and legacy media. So, and they're not, to the best of my knowledge, we're not deplatforming people, but we've invited uh, Dr. Boyle to join us again today to discuss another attempt at uh, implementing fear into the population, which is the monkeypox. And it appears to me that it hasn't been very effective, that people have become um, conditioned to understand that the, the the, the lies being spread are, are indeed lies. So, but I, nevertheless, I'd like to explore the possibilities that this monkeypox is indeed yet another engineered bioweapon. So welcome and thank you for joining us today, Dr. Boyle. Well, thank you very much, uh, doctor, for having me on my best to your uh, listening audience. Before we get to the monkeypox, which was the agreed subject of our- yeah, yeah conversation today. I just wanted to discuss this brand new uh, biotechnology oh, uh, executive order. Just oh, yes. By the Biden, just Biden administration. Right. Good point. And, uh, I won't go through it all here, except it's, it's a very lengthy uh, uh, executive order. Mm -hmm. But at the very end, the Bidenites give it all away where they say, and I did send the text to you, which you are free to repost on your uh, website, uh, paragraph Roman numeral seven. Uh, the purpose of this is to develop and work and promote and implement dual use research of concern and research involving potentially pandemic and other high consequence pathogens. Now, let me uh, work that out for you. Sure. Dual use research of concern means offensive and then defensive biological warfare weapons. So the Bidenites admit here that their agenda is to uh, promote and implement more offensive biological 
warfare weapons. That's what dual use research of concern means. And then to try to perfect these weapons with some type of uh, bogus vaccine involving uh, uh, reverse engineering or something like that. And notice they admit they are going to develop these offensive biological warfare weapons, uh, quote, involving potentially pandemic and other high consequence pathogens, unquote. So they are going to research, develop more uh, biological warfare weapons like COVID-19 pandemic that they, the United States government was involved in. They admit this right here. Now, if, if I, as I know you and your uh, uh, viewers do, you listen to the uh, uh, mainstream news media and everyone is saying, yes, the next pandemic is coming. This is where it is coming from, doctor, right here. Dual use research of concern involving potentially pandemic and other high consequence uh, pathogens. Now, I, I I'm going to get into the monkeypox in a minute, but, yeah, but let me let me just ask this quick I'm going to let you respond uh, uh, at this point. Yes, doctor. So thank you for pointing that out. Uh, it seems ostensibly that this is in direct violation of the treaty that you helped write in the '80s that prohibits this very action. That is correct, doctor. I uh, uh, drafted the and called for and drafted the uh, United States domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Weapons Convention, known as the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989, that was passed unanimously by both houses of the United States government, signed into law by President George Bush Sr., and with the uh, approval of the United States Department of Justice. So yes, this clearly uh, violates it. But, but the problem, doctor, as I see it now and, and confronts us now, this is existentially dangerous right now. Uh, they're moving to another uh, uh, world-girdling pandemic along the lines of, uh, of COVID-19, which, as I was the first to blow the whistle on, was clearly an offensive biological warfare weapon with gain-of-function properties that had leaked out of that uh, Wuhan BSL-4 that was China's Fort Detrick. So the Bidenites have made it clear they're, they're going full speed ahead. Uh, they, they have crossed the Rubicon. They do not intend uh, uh, to turn back. They're doubling down. They're tripling down here, doctor. The, it, yeah. In my opinion, sir, this is what confronts us now today. Yeah. So, you know, as a, as a law professor, there's not many more qualified than you, especially in this specific area. But it appears that an executive order, it's either legislatively or constitutionally overrides a treaty that the United States signed. How does that, is that correct? Or what, what's the legal stance on that? No, an executive order cannot uh, override uh, my statute, my Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act, and it cannot override the uh, uh, Biological Weapons Convention. This is just an end run around uh, both of them, an attempted uh, end run 
uh, despite the fact that uh, violation of my Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act is a felony uh, punishable by life imprisonment. Uh, the Department of Justice did want me repeatedly to put the death penalty in there, but I, I'm a lifelong uh, abolitionist, and uh, I did not want any uh, statute of mine to have the death penalty in there. So how do you reconcile this conflict? Because an executive order, which appears to override or overrule your treaty, I mean, what takes precedent? Do you have to have uh, attorney generals sue, sue the president? Or how, does, how, how do you, how does it become reconciled? It's just curious. They can't be reconciled. Again, whoever drafted this uh, uh, knew full well that they were violating the Biological Weapons Convention and my Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act. An executive order cannot supersede either a treaty or a, a statute. Only a uh, subsequent uh, statute by Congress uh, could do that. Hmm, interesting. So, you know, it, it, it's an interest, uh, uh, I'd like to tangent to an artifact of this whole pandemic, which is essentially removal, removal of so many of our personal freedoms and liberties through the Emergency Powers Act. And you know, I don't fully understand the legal implications of that, but it appears you can turn, you know, a dem uh, democratically elected Congress into essentially a tyranny where they can rule without any restraints. So how is that different, you know, from what they're doing now to the emergency powers acts that they have enacted as a result of the pandemic? Right. Well, uh, doctor, I just published my new book on that, Resisting. Um, oh, <laughs> I didn't know you had a uh, book. There it is. And oh, I go through all on. of it uh, in here. And in addition, the conclusion comes up with the legal strategies, uh, how to fight against this. And I, I regret to report that despite my best efforts to blow the whistle on all this, uh, with this new executive order, they are doubling down, they are tripling down. As uh, they see it, it's going to be full speed ahead, no matter what. So, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to make money here, but uh, my book, uh, uh, Resisting Medical Tyranny, has all the uh, legal strategies I, uh, I developed for the American people to fight back uh, as of uh, January 24, 2022, uh, when it uh, uh, went uh, into press. Uh, I'll be, I'm doing a, a follow-up uh, uh, volume now with uh, uh, my uh, further thoughts uh, on the matter. Well, thank you for writing that book. I'm sure uh, we'll put a link to it so people would like more details and certainly can access it. Um, so, is it a complex strategy that you're recommending or are there some simple things that people can do? I mean, we're going to get to the monkeypox, uh, right. but, but this is really an important topic because it really cuts to the core of their strategy to essentially enslave the entire world in, in a global tyranny and, and just gradually and progressively chipping away at our, all our personal freedoms. That is correct. And this, this gets us to the monkeypox, uh, uh, doctor, uh, that, uh, in my opinion, this uh, uh, monkeypox uh, epidemic we saw, uh, clearly uh, this was uh, an offensive biological warfare weapon with uh, gain of function properties that came out of 
someone's lab and was uh, released uh, in multiple uh, locations, as you said at the beginning, to scaremonger uh, people. Why? I don't think it was a coincidence at all that when the uh, World Health Organization, uh, their meeting at the World Health Assembly, was considering uh, regulations uh, that would have done, once again, an end run uh, over and around the sovereignty of the United States of America and our state and local uh, governments to control our health care. Under the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution, health care, public health, falls within the control of state and local governments, not the federal government. That is why down there in Florida or in Texas, uh, you can have uh, your governors uh, adopting different policies from the diktats uh, issued by the uh, CDC uh, in Washington, D.C. And what happened was that the uh, Bidenites and the CDC saw this, uh, you, you have this governor, uh, you, you have several governors now rebelling uh, against these totalitarian dicta dictatorial ukazes coming out of Washington, D.C. And in order to uh, try to stop that, they came up with these uh, 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 regulations uh, that they tried to get through the World Health Assembly uh, earlier this summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, that failed. But the monkeypox, in my opinion, was then released in order to scaremonger uh, the governments of the world uh, to accept these uh, WHA regulations. That failed. But what they now are doing, which is going on this week in Washington, D.C., the WHO is meeting to uh, negotiate and conclude a treaty that will fold into it uh, the same WHA regulations that I did read at the time and give interviews at that time. And the purpose of this WHO treaty, once again, is to do an end run around American uh, uh, sovereignty to make decisions at a state and local basis as to how to treat matters of public health in the next pandemic, which they know is coming because they're already preparing for it in accordance with the uh, Biden administration uh, biotech uh, uh, executive order that I just uh, uh, quoted to you. So they know it's coming, they're preparing it, they're getting it ready, and the next time uh, by means of this WHO treaty, uh, they will attempt then to argue that the treaty is the supreme law of the land under the world. Six, uh, let me finish and then I'll take your question. Okay. Is the supreme law of the land under Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution and therefore uh, trumps and displaces the ability of state and local uh, governments like uh, uh, Florida, like Texas, like Governor Nome, uh, uh, to determine our uh, public health under the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution. Indeed, there is a uh, Supreme Court case uh, uh, to that effect that they know all about. 
Missouri versus Holland, that if a treaty uh, is concluded, it does uh, override uh, the 10th Amendment to the United States Constitution. So we have to understand these people know exactly uh, what they are doing, and, and we have to stop them. This treaty is now being uh, uh, negotiated in Washington, D.C. Uh, this week as the World Health uh, Organization uh, meets. What we have to do there, then, uh, is get as many members of the United States Senate as possible to sign a letter saying that uh, we will vote against any WHO treaty coming down the line at this point, and then send copies of that letter uh, to the uh, uh, World Health Assembly, the World Health Organization, and any government in the world. If we can get one third plus one members of the United States Senate to sign that treaty, I think that will that will kill will kill this uh, uh, proposed uh, treaty coming down the line now. But again, we have to understand, you know, the the, the Biden administration, uh, they have top international lawyers there uh, uh, running their policies. You have Ron Klain, who was behind me at Harvard Law School. He was Obama's Ebola czar that was in charge of covering up the outbreak of the uh, Ebola uh, pandemic on the West Coast of Africa that came out of that uh, U.S. government's Kenema BSL-4. Uh, we have Blinken, uh, graduate of uh, Columbia Law School. We have Sullivan, uh, graduate of, uh, uh, of Yale Law School. So we've got three of the top law schools in the country right there running these policies. They know exactly what they're doing. And my guess is Obama gave all this to uh, claim to handle I'm sorry, that Biden gave all this to claim uh, to handle because uh, Obama Biden uh, gave the uh, Ebola uh, uh, pandemic to claim to handle. So you referenced earlier the World Health Organization treaty that uh, would circumvent or override essentially public health responses in the United States. But my understanding it's a is that it's a global treaty. It's not just the United States and essentially would dictate this, the, the World Health recommendations or dictates uh, across the globe. That is correct, doctor. Uh, uh, it would, uh, and thanks for letting me elaborate. Obviously, uh, here and now, I'm just speaking to uh, an American audience. Right, primarily. And, no, and, we have an international audience, actually. And, and we do have the, the protections of our Constitution here and our Bill of Rights. And the 10th Amendment is part of our Bill of Rights, uh, uh, allowing public health uh, to fall under the control of state and local governments and not the uh, federal government. I'm not expressing an opinion about any other constitution around the world, uh, but you are correct. Uh, if the treaty gets passed, then they will uh, use the treaty uh, to enforce WHO diktats uh, all over the world on the handling of the next pandemic, and that will get us all killed, as you know. The yeah. WHO yeah. is a rotten, corrupt, criminal uh, organization, and the proof of it is the WHO is a sponsoring institution 
of the Wuhan BSL-4, which is China's fourth teacher. So imagine if the WHO were a sponsoring organization of our Fort Detrick, uh, we, we would know that, that the cat is out of the bag. That's exactly what's going on here with the WHO. Uh, its diktats will be uh, controlled by the uh, CDC, uh, uh, Bill Gates, and the Chinese Communist government that pay, and Big Pharma uh, that pays for the WHO and will uh, enforce everyone to continue to take uh, uh, more vaccines. I call them Frankenshots and more boosters forever uh, for, for the next pandemic coming along the lines, as well as COVID-19. There'll be no end to this, doctor. So earlier this summer, this treaty was attempted to be to pass, but it was thwarted and it was stopped. But it was a short-term victory because it's my understanding they're going to continue to reintroduce it and continue and continue until eventually it passes. So what are what is now your let me let me uh, yeah uh, I want I want you to get your give you a technical let me just finish the question. Let me finish oh, the question. Oh, okay. Well, but earlier this summer, they tried to ram this through the World Health Assembly as yes. nothing more than regulations, WHA regulations. That failed. So now they are coming back with the same uh, uh, end run by means of a treaty, which has more power constitutionally here in the United States. WHO regulations, we could have attacked as lawyers. Treaty, it will be very difficult, if not impossible, to do so. So continue your question, Doc. All right, so I'm curious as to your projections as to the likelihood of this passing either, and I'm not sure of the timing, I know it was this fall, it might even be next week that you reference, I don't know, but, and even then, if it's thwarted or failed, uh, it's gonna, they're gonna continue to retry and retry. So it sounds like your strategy is to uh, coordinate an effort to get uh, one th- uh, more than one third of the US senators to reject this. And if that's in place, it essentially prevents, it puts up a firewall prevent, that protects this from ever being passed. I think that's uh, correct, doctor. I I think you understand my uh, strategy, yes. So the WHO, uh, uh, the the Assembly, World Health Organization Assembly uh, will be uh, meeting, uh, I believe this week, towards the end of this week in uh, Washington, DC. They will, I'm sure the text of the treaty has already been prepared. Uh, It will probably pass the WHO uh, Assembly. Uh, uh, the U.S. government uh, representative could sign it, and then they would uh, send it to the uh, Senate Foreign Relations uh, uh, Committee for uh, ratification uh, by by the Senate. So we need to head this off uh, as soon as we can with this letter, three one third plus one of the Senate, just saying we're going to reject it. And we have to start lobbying now uh, against against the treaty, we'll have uh, limited time uh, once once it goes to the uh, Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Remember, the Democrats uh, uh, control the Senate; they control the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, they they could get it through uh, uh, very quickly uh, to present to the full Senate. So we have to go all out uh, to stop this treaty. Yes, in my opinion, and you're down there in Florida. I would certainly hope you could uh, 
alert uh, Governor uh, Santos, uh, DeSantis to, to the dangers here. His powers will be terminated under the terms of this treaty to regulate uh, all public health uh, down there in Florida. Uh, at, at, he'll be uh, obligated to obey whatever the WHO uh, yeah. tells him to obey. And if he does not, then the uh, federal government could go into United States uh, federal district court and get an injunction uh, under the uh, treaty uh, mandating that he comply. And if he does not, he could he could be fined, if not jailed for contempt. Yes, it's a very dangerous situation. Yeah, I have a uh, dinner this week with the Surgeon General of Florida, so I'll certainly discuss it with him. But I, it's, it seems intuitively obvious that this is a bad news bears for the world. So, but, you know, we don't, I think most people don't fully appreciate the implications of this treaty being passed. They're profound. So can you expand on the disasters that will be implemented once this treaty passes, if we fail to prevent it from being passed? Sure. And I, you know, I, I obviously I, I teach an entire course on the constitutional law, U.S. foreign affairs to right now about 30 law students. So uh, I'm not you know, going to get in here to legal technicalities, but I have already pointed out in the Bidenite uh, executive order, they are going full steam ahead uh, to use uh, to develop uh, research, develop offensive biological warfare weapons using uh, DNA, genetic engineering, uh, synthetic biology, uh, gain of function uh, uh, properties, et cetera, including uh, for uh, uh, pandemics, okay? So that's the next COVID-19 pandemic right there. They've admitted it in writing. You just have to read it and, and it's, right, it's right there. So knowing full well, uh, the next pandemic is coming because they're developing it. It's coming out of their laboratories. It's coming out of their BSL-3s and BSL-4s that we have to uh, shut down. They are now planning and preparing by means of this treaty to uh, 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 demand that all uh, 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 public health authorities here in the United States of America must obey anything the CDC tells them to do in the next pandemic and in the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And if they do not, they can be sued before a federal judge, United States District Court, uh, get an injunction, get fines, get them found guilty of contempt. That's what's at stake here. So yes, it will do a total end run around the governors of uh, Florida, Texas, uh, North Dakota, et cetera, and, and eliminate all of their power. And the CDC and the WHO literally will be, you know, Stalinist dictators telling us what we have to do. It's that simple. When it comes to the next pandemic that they are already planning right now in accordance with the uh, uh, Biden uh, biotechnology uh, order. Thank you for uh, expanding on that because uh, it makes it really clear this is a really, really important effort. So uh, have you developed any process or system to 
help people understand how to contact their senators. I mean, I know these types of apps exist, but with the suggestion of the information that can be shared with them to get them on board. Has anyone started this letter? Is there someone uh, mounting an effort to put a campaign together to secure these signatures from the one third plus of this, the U.S. senators? Well, doctor, that's why I'm appearing on your uh, program hey, today. There we go. Uh, to to get the ball rolling, to get the uh, process underway, right? And I figured you're down there in uh, Florida with Governor uh, DeSantis. This is a great place to start. Sure. Yeah. Well, he's a governor. <laughs> he's not certainly likely to be a candidate for president too. But we need right now to stop this disaster because the, his Candidacy won't occur for another two years. Um, the we've got to get the current U.S. senators to sign on this thing because it, it, it's going to pass before the next the next regular election, not the midterm election. I I I suspect it will. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. they'll they'll try to ram this through as quickly uh, and and as quietly as they can, just like they try to ram through. Uh, these uh, World Health uh, Assembly regulations. And fortunately, there were some uh, uh, health organizations such as, your, as the one you run who were keeping tabs on this and uh, uh, sent these uh, regulations along to me and asked me uh, to look at them and then, then give an interview on it. Right. But, but without people keeping tabs on it, we wouldn't have known anything. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It'll be so I, done in the dead of night, uh, doctor, through through the United States Senate, which the Democrats currently control. They could lose, but who who knows what's going to happen uh, in uh, uh, November? But if the Democrats still control, they'll they'll try to ram this through the Senate. Okay. Sure. So clearly, an effort is needed. And logistically, I'm wondering if you've structured anything to facilitate this from uh, being accomplished. So. Uh, is, is there any collection system or mechanism that allows people to easily connect with their U.S. senator to encourage them to sign on to this letter? I haven't developed one, but I know there's okay. one out there, sure. Okay, well, we'll have to do some research on it. Yeah, so, maybe, uh, maybe you could have your, your people there uh, look into this and then uh, just put something on your uh, uh, webpage, sure. I think that would be uh, uh, very important, which again is why I'm, I'm taking this uh, time uh, this morning to talk with you about the danger yeah. that confronts us, both with the uh, uh, biotechnology uh, executive order and this uh, WHO treaty. They are connected with each other and also the monkeypox. Uh, I think that was designed to scaremonger everyone into going along with the WHA regulations. And now with the uh, WHO treaty, they needed something new. So uh, the, uh, the monkey pox was released. So I uh, neglected to mention in my introduction for you, uh, obviously that you're a graduate of, I think either in your class of Harvard Law School and then you uh, shifted over to the University of Illinois. But you also, because of your interest, I suspect, in these bioweapons, which goes back to the 80s and developing the treaty, that you're uh, seriously networked into that community. As a result, 
you were able to be one of the first, maybe the first person to, to sound the alarm bell that this, this SARS-CoV-2 viral pandemic that emerged at the beginning of 2020 uh, was a lab leak bioweapon. So can you expand on how you were able to be one of the first people to understand what was going on and, and you know, how did, how did you get this awareness? Because you certainly didn't get it from the mainstream media. No, I, I didn't, Doctor. And again, I, you know, I don't wish to toot my own horn here. But yes, I have a, a JD uh, magna cum laude from Harvard Law School, where, uh, in fact, I studied the biological uh, weapons with uh, 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 Professor Matt Messelson uh, from uh, uh, the Harvard Biology Department, who lectured us in my course on the uh, laws of uh, war. And then I also have an AM and PhD in political science from the uh, Harvard Graduate School of Arts and Sciences, uh, specializing in, in international relations where Harvard trains uh, future professors. And I graduated deliberately from the uh, exact same uh, PhD program at uh, Harvard uh, that produced uh, Henry Kissinger. Indeed, they gave me uh, Kissinger's old office when I was an associate at Harvard's uh, Center for International Affairs. In any event, because of my uh, Harvard connections, I guess, in 1983, uh, the Council for Responsible Genetics uh, was established there in Cambridge, Mass. And they had a lot of uh, 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 MIT, Harvard, uh, people uh, involved there, uh, uh, some of whom were friends of mine in the uh, Harvard uh, biology department. Uh, and I guess they put, they recommended me to the Council for Responsible Genetics to handle their uh, anti-biological uh, warfare work. So I got involved in this uh, sometime after uh, 1983, yes, and I've been working uh, full-time uh, since against biological weapons, biological uh, warfare, uh, et cetera, uh, and monitoring it. And that's literally how uh, I was able to uh, determine uh, that uh, COVID-19 came out of the Wuhan BSL-4. In addition, I was the first person to blow the whistle on the fact that Amerithrax of uh, October 2001 came out of the, the anthrax attacks of October 2001, uh, came out of a US biological warfare uh, uh, weapons laboratory and program. And I did that on uh, November 1, uh, 2001. The Council for Responsible Genetics was having a convention at uh, Harvard Divinity School and they had asked me to uh, run a workshop against biological weapons and warfare. So on the way in uh, 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 to Harvard Divinity School, on the front steps, there was a uh, camera crew from uh, Fox News asked me my opinion. And I told them, obviously, this came out uh, of a US biological warfare weapons uh, laboratory program. It, it was super weapons grade uh, anthrax. Then I said the uh, exact same thing at my uh, workshop. Dr. Uh, Jonathan King, 
who uh, is a, a founder of Council for Responsible Genetics and a professor of uh, biology at MIT, uh, agreed with me. Then I came back here to my office Monday or so, gave an interview to Pacifica Radio Network saying the exact same thing. And then later that week, I gave an interview to the BBC saying that uh, Amerithrax had, had come out of a U.S. biological warfare weapons uh, uh, program and laboratory. And then uh, an order was given, and uh, I was never interviewed again by any uh, Western mainstream news media source on biological warfare uh, uh, weapons. Um, that's it, since, since uh, that order still uh, maintains today. Sure. So you had mentioned that you were a product of the same program that produced at Harvard, uh, Henry Kissinger. And Klaus Schwab, obviously the leader of the World Economic Forum, has attributed his main mentor as being Henry Kissinger. So how do, you, how, how do you reconcile that you're both products of the same training institution and one and could, that could produce one of the main leaders in the global tyranny, the global cabal to control and enslave the world? Did you just, how, how is that possible? You seem to be on the other side, but, but your training was nearly identical. So how did you escape? Uh, I, uh, yes, I, I, I spent uh, seven years at Harvard. I have three degrees from Harvard. I spent two years teaching uh, Harvard undergraduate, Harvard Center for International Affairs, one year on their uh, executive committee, where uh, and they gave me Kissinger's old office there. As you had, you had Kissinger's uh, old office? Yes, at the Center for International Affairs. His five candidates oh, were in there when I moved so in. You, you got to help us understand, how did you escape that brainwashing and that propaganda? Well, let me... Let me go back to Klaus Schwab, because I think okay. your point uh, is, is uh, pressing here under the current circumstances, his great reset. Schwab studied with, uh, at Harvard, uh, but not my program. The program I was in, the GSAS PhD program, is where Harvard trains future professors of political science, like Kissinger, like Brzezinski, uh, like like me, like Sam Huntington. Yeah, and Brzezinski is the guy that started the Trilateral Commission. Yes, I'll get to that in a minute, sure. Okay. Uh, at, uh, Schwab went to the uh, Kennedy School at Harvard. The Kennedy School is sort of a misnomer because there Harvard trains uh, future U.S. imperial governmental uh, operatics and spear carriers <laughs> and they're, no, it's true. They're, they're all warmongers and spooks there. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I was there when they were set up. Uh, and uh, their uh, fellow travelers and fifth columnists in uh, foreign countries that get incorporated into the U.S. imperial elite. And that is uh, uh, Klaus Schwab when he studied there. And he said that uh, he found Kissinger uh, uh, to be the most competent person at Harvard. Well, uh, <laughs> Kissinger, I went through the exact same program. He is a diehard uh, Machiavelli. There is no question about it. He does not have a uh, principal bone in his body. So yes, uh, he Schwab studied with Kissinger. 
And as uh, admired Kissinger, I guess probably bootlicked uh, Kissinger. And so Kissinger was the one who got Schwab the job heading uh, the uh, 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 Davos Forum. But we have to understand that behind Kissinger, as behind Brzezinski, mm -hmm. is the Rockefeller family mm. paying uh, uh, the bills, pulling the strings. Uh, uh, Kissinger, Brzezinski have been on the uh, uh, Rockefeller uh, family payroll for quite quite some time. Brzezinski was head of the uh, Trilateral uh, Foundation, uh, sorry, the Trilateral Commission uh, set up by uh, David uh, Rockefeller. I went through the exact same program at Harvard that, that produced uh, uh, Brzezinski uh, as well. So, uh, and we know uh, the Rockefeller family, these people are eugenicists, okay? That, that's a matter of public record. And uh, we also know that when Kissinger worked for uh, uh, Nixon, Kissinger put out that infamous national security uh, directive that uh, population control uh, and reduction is part of the national security policy of the United States of, of America. I haven't read anywhere that, that, that uh, NSD or NSM, call it what you want, has been uh, re revoked. So that is really going on here with uh, Klaus Schwab, uh, the Davos Forum, the Davos uh, uh, crowd in my estimation, doctor, based on my uh, experience, yes. Okay, and then even behind the Rockefellers would be the Rothschilds, you know, that, yes, long, that, long, preceded, that long preceded the Rockefellers. By that is centuries. correct, that, yeah. that is correct, doctor, you are correct. But um, yeah, I haven't dealt personally with, with the Rothschilds, I've dealt yeah, yeah. You with dealt uh, Kissinger, Brzezinski, Harvard, indeed the uh, so Harvard, the Harvard Still Government did. Department, where I got my AM and PhD, uh, its uh, chairman had been uh, McGeorge Bundy, uh, uh, who uh, President Kennedy later tapped for National uh, Security Advisor uh, and uh, uh, gave us the Vietnam War, right? So I still don't understand how you went rogue. How did you escape the brainwashing that produced from Harvard that produced the leaders of the global cabal. I mean, Krasinski has passed, but certainly Kissinger, uh, Klaus Schwab. I mean, how, how did you escape? I didn't escape and I didn't go rogue. Uh, uh, what happened, All right, so what did you do? Well, what happened, doctor, uh, uh, in, at the end of May, 1967, I had just turned um, 17. And I was so appalled by the Vietnam War that I resolved to myself that I would get the most elite education I possibly could and uh, turn it against the people running oh. the United States Empire. That's what happened. So I- Oh, you, you I, were an insider at 17. Jeez. I was 17, right. Wow, that is that was amazing. Hardly anyone that young has enough principles and commitment and discipline to go through with it. Congratulations, that's amazing. Well, it's just what I decided to do with my life, doctor. I, well, I, you're a testimony. Five decades of implementation, successful, and warning the entire world, the first to warn that this was an inside job. 
that this was not a zoonotically derived pandemic. It was a bioengineer, a bio weapon that was engineered. Yeah, I mean, if you really believe, if you really believe uh, uh, the uh, standard propaganda, I have a, a bridge that uh, uh, Michigan Avenue in Chicago. I'm a native of Chicago. I can sell you that bridge, sure. <laughs> so we're both native Chicagoans. I didn't realize you were native. And, oh, Chicago. right. Well, I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right. So, can you help navigate us? Uh, uh, to back to the monkeypox, and which was the original reason for this interview, as to how that fits into this whole picture. As I said, doctor, they are going to continue uh, to release uh, bioengineered pandemics on us when it suits their interest, mm -hmm. like they did Amerithrax in uh, October 2001 uh, to ram through Congress the USA Patriot Act that set up a police state here uh, in, in the United States uh, of America that we are still uh, grappling with and opposing, like uh, COVID-19, the monkeypox too. So uh, there'll be no uh, end to this process. My estimation then in looking at the timing of the monkeypox, it clearly came out of someone's US, I'm sorry, uh, someone's biological warfare uh, laboratory. It was released uh, at a time just as the they were trying to get past these uh, uh, regulations through the uh, World Health uh, Assembly. And it was it was deliberately designed to uh, scaremonger uh, 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 governments of the world uh, uh, to go along with those WHA uh, regulations. It's still continuing today uh, uh, to get this uh, WHO treaty passed, though, as you uh, correctly pointed out, uh, it, it hasn't uh, been as successful, uh, I think, as they had originally believed to uh, scaremonger everyone. But as we know from the uh, Biden administration uh, executive uh, order here, there'll be uh, some other uh, biowarfare uh, pandemic or epidemic uh, sure. uh, coming down the line uh, whenever they think they, they have to scaremonger people into following their agenda, which is clearly set forth in uh, The Great Reset by Schwab. Just, just read his book. It's all in there, including transhumanism and the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So are you aware of any paper trail that identifies the origin, the of country of origin of the manufacturer of this monkeypox monkey bioweapon? Is it the United States, China, Ukraine? I haven't been able to determine, but clearly it has uh, 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 30 genetic mutations beyond uh, wild type uh, monkeypox there in Africa. The only way it could have gotten 30 genetic mutations beyond uh, monkeypox is it was done in someone's lab, sure. Okay, all right, so and what's your perception of the fear factor success? And from my point of view, it looks like it was a miserable failure that they were clearly successful with SARS-CoV-2 and, and COVID, wildly successful, maybe even beyond their, their wildest dreams, but people starting to wake up, large numbers, and, and they're, they, 
large numbers of the population understand what happened and they're not going to be fooled again. So uh, that's my perception. I'm wondering what your take on it is and how successful this is, is intervention is because even the mainstream media isn't touting it that much. I, I don't think they have succeeded with the monkeypox uh, 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 to scaremonger people enough uh, to go along with this uh, WHO treaty that will give dictatorial powers in the hands of uh, Tedros, WHO, Bill Gates, CDC, and the Chinese Communist government. All that indicates is that we'll we'll probably uh, have some other scaremongering uh, bio-warfare event. And that's pretty clear from the uh, Biden administration biotech uh, order. They're, They're planning it and preparing it right now. It's in someone's lab. We just don't know what it is going to be, doctor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so clearly we don't. And, and it may not even be a, a bioweapon. Uh, clearly that worked, but you know they have a tendency to cycle the emergencies and the fear-producing factors. So, I mean, there's other strategies they could implement like, and they have been implemented, like supply chain disruption, like food shortages, uh, fuel shortages. I mean, we've got large segments of Europe not having fuel and, and winter is fast approaching. Or, or significant fuel to warm their homes. So people are gonna be dying from the cold exposure. Uh, and then World War III, you know, this threat with Russia and Ukraine. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things they can do to activate the fear factor and implement global controls. So, and I know you're prejudiced because bioweapons are your lifelong passion. And I'm just wondering what your best guess is with respect to will it be a bioweapon or is it bioweapon you know, I, I know you have no way of knowing, but just from your best guess. Well, is- well you're right. Also, uh, uh, I, another area I specialize in is uh, nuclear weapons, nuclear uh, deterrence. Uh, I have a book called The uh, Criminality of Nuclear uh, Deterrence. Uh, you, you know, you can have a look at that if you want. I've spent my whole uh, uh, career uh, uh, dealing against nuclear weapons as well. Uh, the Carter administration adopted Presidential Directive 58 that said that in the event of a nuclear emergency, I discuss this in my book, that is uh, undefined, they can put the entire country under martial law. So you are correct. We are now seeing uh, threats of uh, nuclear weapons uh, uh, coming out of Russia, uh, responses by the United States. Uh, Jake Sullivan yesterday basically saying we have catastrophic consequences. So yes, as we move uh, closer to a uh, nuclear war or, or direct hostilities between the uh, United States and uh, Russia, we could see them invoke PD-58 uh, and put try to put the entire country under uh, martial law. Uh, those plans are on the books. We know from uh, Rex 84, that uh, Oliver North uh, drew up uh, 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 martial law uh, plans uh, in the event the uh, Reagan invaded uh, Nicaragua and the uh, Pledge of Resistance, 100,000 people uh, took to the streets to oppose it. I know because I was uh, counsel for Pledge of Resistance at the time and was uh, contemplating uh, 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 ending up going off to a uh, detention camp. So uh, you're right, this, this could happen. And the uh, uh, Bidenites uh, appear 
uh, at this point, uh, doctor, we are in a uh, 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 engaging in acts of hostility, uh, belligerent acts, acts of war, the United States against uh, uh, Russia without authorization by the United States Congress in violation of the War Powers Resolution, in violation of the War Powers uh, Clause of the U.S. Constitution. Um, and uh, we, we are in a de facto, I would not say yet de jure, but a de facto uh, state of war with Russia. Uh, uh, Foreign Minister Lavrov has just said, well, we're on the verge of a de jure war uh, with the uh, uh, United States. And if it threatens to go uh, nuclear, sure, the, the Bidenites could invoke uh, PD-58 or its successor and uh, put us all under martial law. Yes. So to the best of my knowledge, since I've been alive, there has not been martial law. I think it may have gone back to World War II. So can you help us understand the differences between martial law being implemented and what we just happened to the COVID-19 with these emergency powers acts being implemented? What's the difference between the two? Is, is there significant well, difference? Yeah, it's it, it, martial law is controlled by the military. The, the country would basically be, be controlled uh, uh, by, by the military. <laughs> That's why we have U.S. Northern Command that was set up after 9-11-2001. Uh, we never before had a military command assigned to the continental United States of America. Now we do. So they are uh, uh, fully prepared uh, to put us under uh, military. Well, practically, what would that look like if they implemented martial law? And how would that compare to the, what we've seen in the COVID pandemic? Where they had the lockdown. Soldiers, soldiers in the street. I was in, soldiers in the street. Chicago. I was in Chicago in uh, 1968 uh, for the uh, Democratic National. Sure, Party. that was that was the classic. Sure, Democratic National Party. Uh, uh, and they basically had de facto uh, martial law uh, covering uh, uh, downtown. Chicago. So you can you can declare martial law locally. Is that correct? Well, they called out the National Guard for sure. There, yeah. there was not, I do not, I cannot recall if there was a formal uh, proclamation. Uh, there was in uh, Los Angeles after the uh, Rodney, Rodney King, Rodney King uprising, Rodney. there was a formal invocation of the Insurrection Act and uh, President Bush Sr. sent in the uh, U.S. 7th Army that had just invaded uh, Panama. Uh, even though the uh, mayor of Los Angeles said we didn't need these people, and, and you had uh, armed uh, combat troops uh, policing the streets. Yes, that's that's what martial law would be. So that's the, the primary thing is you've got the military involved. Right. It was just yeah, interesting. The military are in control. Yes. Yeah. But the military are still U.S. citizens. You know, there's you know, it, it, it's just hard to envision that they would be completely compliant with a global tyrannical implementation. I mean, they might be, but you know, there might be, to me, it could seem, it could almost devolve into a civil war of some sort. It could. Remember how close we came under the Trump administration where Trump wanted to uh, invoke the uh, Insurrection Act and uh, apparently the Secretary of Defense, Esper, said no, he wasn't going to go along with it. Uh, but we came very close, sure. And we could come close again under the Bidenites. Yeah. I don't put it past them. <laughs>
Yes, indeed. Well, uh, we're, I can speak for my audience and I suspect it's valid that we're all uh, grateful for your lifelong efforts to educate the public and warn them of these threats to our personal freedoms and liberties. And actually our existential existence might be just wiped out with, with some of these uh, strategies that they have contemplated. So I think the, the big issue on the plate is to corral our US senators to rally and prevent the World Health Organization from implementing their, their strategies for global tyranny by, by having total control of any public health threat. Right. I, I think that's, you know, in addition to, to uh, dealing with COVID-19, right now, we have to stop this WHO tree. It, it will be devastating. totalitarian control of the world, but you know, especially here in, in the United States, this is designed to do an end run around the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution and the state and local control of our public health. Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to add before you leave? No, just that uh, uh, if you are interested in, in my book. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Resisting, Resisting Medical, medical Tyranny. I, I have several legal strategies in there that common, ordinary people uh, can uh, conduct, including trying to get state and local prosecutors to indict uh, Fauci and the rest of them for murder and conspiracy to commit murder. And also for the chief uh, executive uh, officers, scientific officers of the uh, drug companies manufacturing these uh, Frankenshots to get them indicted for murder and conspiracy to commit murder and, and try to stop what they, they are doing. Yes, but that's, we, we oh. had a previous interview on that, I believe, uh, doctor. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, and we, I, we want, I, I, want you to, I want you to know that I've been corralling or acting pretty aggressively in implementing that recommendation and have recently sought to connect the U.S. Right to Know, which is an amazing group that have compiled through FOIA requests, really irrefutable evidence of the conspiracy to, to this lab leak theory. And in the process now of con connecting the U.S. Right to Know to the Florida State Attorney General and hoping that we can get them to file a suit against, against uh, Fauci and the other criminals. Well, we want them to indict Fauci. Not yeah, of course. Yeah. File a lawsuit civilly. We want them to indict. Indeed, I had a forty-five-minute uh, meeting by Zoom with the Attorney General of uh, Louisiana, uh, and I went through the uh, Louisiana homicide statute uh, with respect to Fauci and Collins and, and those mm -hmm. people, and That's also fantastic. with the uh, pharma people, uh, and he agreed with my theory of the case. Uh, under the uh, Louisiana homicide statute. Uh, there it sits. We'll have to see what he does with it. Yeah. And then I had a 35-minute uh, meeting uh, with the uh, uh, Deputy Attorney General of South Carolina. And I went through the uh, South Carolina uh, homicide statute uh, with him. And he did agree with my theory of the case. 
but basically it, it's a political uh, issue. People mm. need to demand uh, that these two categories of people who developed COVID-19, Fauci and Collins, and then the uh, executives of the drug companies making the Frankenshots be indicted for murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Uh, those uh, uh, are, are explained in great detail uh, in, in my book, uh, uh, Resisting Medical Tyranny. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much. Really appreciate all your efforts. And hopefully we can have some positive action as a result of your insights and uh, helping us protect against this global medical tyranny. Well, I appreciate the uh, support you have given me in the past. Thank you. You're welcome.